legal appeals and committees. There's there have been small sites that have come forward. Um, the overall issue with Tower Hamlets is that it has a huge need for affordable housing. Housing, yes, but affordable housing need is significantly high. The the waiting list is in the tens of thousands for families to get into homes, and that's what brings about the value of the work that we do. For every for every home that we secure, or we're able to negotiate and discuss the higher contribution level, that's families going into safe housing, safe homes, people who are potentially in dangerous accommodation, people who are in accommodation that has mould in it, is causing asthma and all these other issues. And I know that our mayor is very, very, um, he, he is very keen to make sure that we have a lot of housing coming forward wherever possible. And that's what we look to deliver um, where we can, the best we can. It's It can be tricky sometimes, but, you know, you have to deal with what you have in front of you. Um, but it's, like I said, housing is one thing, but you also need to make sure you're creating good communities. And this is where the work of, of a valuer in Tower Hamlets is more rounded than just report, report, report. Welcome to the Surveyor Hub podcast, the podcast for surveyors who just love what they do. I'm Marion Ellis, and today I catch up with RICS Matrix Award winner, Joshim Udin, a chartered surveyor who leads a public sector development viability service in Tower Hamlets, working to ensure maximum levels of affordable housing and developer contributions as part of planning applications for new development schemes for local residents. Welcome to the podcast, Joshim. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. That's quite all right. Um, I know we've had a bit of to and fro to try and get uh, to get this sorted, haven't we? Just various different uh, different things. Um, tell us a bit about. Uh, let's start with how you became a surveyor. Sure. Um, I became a surveyor um, when after I joined the valuation office. Um, that was my first job out of university in their graduate program and uh, rotated around kind of business rates to their district value services or property services um, sector where I did um, their book valuations, inheritance tax, capital gains, right to buys and development work as well. And then after qualifying um, and doing their rotation, I moved back to rating for a while. And that's where I uh, started to figure out what I really wanted to do for the long term. And um, from there, it kind of led me to development but more focused towards um, a social value um, element of it and for the purpose of for housing and developer contributions. So I I yeah so I came across you um, I know because I noticed have to notice that you won the (laughs) valuation category for the RICS Matrix Awards 2023. Uh, and I was interested because you work for a, a local authority um, and often in, value, in the valuation you get the private sector. So I thought, oh, that's something a bit different that, that I don't know about. Hence, it was, uh, can we please have a chat? Um, so uh, so it's interesting you talk about social value and I'm sure we'll we'll come on to that. Um, jumping, if I can just jump back. So when did you, did you start uh, the APC while you're at the valuation office then? Because I know they've got a great scheme there, haven't they? That, yeah, a lot yeah. of people go through that. Yeah, so um, straight out of university, I went on to the VO's graduate program, and um, it kind of went from there, to be honest. Um, and you did the usual two years of the ABC, and um, 
then after you um, are successful with the APC, you, you, you move forward. Um, and it's kind of led me here. What did you do at uh, university? I did um, urban estate management, um, real estate at the University of Westminster um, as an undergrad. Um, and it was RICS accredited, so I didn't have to do a postgraduate or anything. Um, and it made me eligible to get on the um, RICS APC. See, I knew I was going to like you because I did estate management, albeit it wasn't urban. Uh, and it was at an institute in North Wales. But uh, estate management gives a real broad range, doesn't it, of all sorts of different things. It was a, a great introduction, I think, to water construction and surveying and, and things. Yeah, it, it was. Um, and luckily for me, the final year's um, dissertation, if you like, was around the development appraisal. So okay, yeah. it was directly linked to what I do day in, day out today. Um, <clears throat> but they covered a, a, a broad range of um, different areas, including building tech, valuation and property management. So it was it was good. And I, and I, and I like the university because it's um, it was really welcoming um, to a very different type of students um, who wanted to get into it. And they had a variety of property courses. Um, this one stuck out at me because it was accredited and and uh, mainly because the modules all looked really um interesting. Uh, um, and what about when you were at school? Were you just interested in, did you do geography? Were you interested in built environment or? I, I always had a bit of a liking towards property. But property I felt was, I, I initially felt it was quite difficult to get into because I didn't have or didn't know anyone who was actually in the field to the extent of being a valuer or, or a property lawyer or anything like that. Um, so I didn't really know what avenue to go down. So you, you do the typical subjects in school. And um, I always thought I'd do something along the lines of property. Uh, and then you go to college. Um, I did usual subjects, if I recall, great English, religious education and um, accounting, I believe, or business. Um, but then I think that's that was the point I really wanted to understand, right, what do I want to do for the purposes of my career? And I had to think carefully before choosing a degree that I wanted to do. And um, so I had a bit of a search and I came across Westminster and I came across property degrees. Um, and that's that that was the in, if you like. I thought, OK, let's give this a go and this might lead to better things. Um, and that's how that's the kind of route, but it wasn't so apparent um, for me anyway, because I didn't, as I said, I didn't really know many people in the industry. So it was a bit of a stab in the dark. And even when I finished my degree, I, I wasn't certain I'd, I'd become a valuer. I, um, I, I, I believe I was just really, really lucky because uh, back then I think it was quite competitive um, to trying to get into firms, uh, including the VO. But um, I, um, I was successful, so I was really grateful. Uh, I'm just going to press record. I am record. I have recorded it on um on another thing, but I record it on uh. Record it on this Zoom, meeting is being recorded. This thing this other thing it's meant to do transcription. So uh now I'm confident I've got both. Or I don't have to. <laughs> What's interesting is uh, um I'm not going to ask you to repeat that. Don't worry. What is interesting is um. The way that you can edit podcasts and stuff now with AI it is amazing. Do I'm gonna do. Um, I have a bit of help with somebody who who does it just because I I either forget to do it or I get behind or whatever. But um, yeah, you can do it all. I, I learned to do my podcast 
um I thought about doing it before you know before lockdown and I I left my corporate job and I had an Apple Mac computer and I went into Apple store they do lessons and they showed me how to use um uh uh iMovie and I edited oh. it and created it all myself yeah I know look at that me even I could do it so sorry but <laughs> we are recording it's fine it's right um that's interesting because I didn't really have the um the role model the insight that into the property sector when I when I was younger uh uh, and as you're, you're talking there, it's making me think about some of the, the students and graduates that I come across and everybody's looking for that clear path of well, what are the steps that I need to take to get to where I need to be, mm. you know, and we we, we want to know the roles, you know, trying to explain the di what a surveyor does. There's like yeah. hundreds and hundreds of us doing different things and we're all at different stages and our own, you know, quirky characters uh, and then working that back to um well what course how can I get the best job and all those things and it's it's really hard and the the best bit of advice I could give to people would be to just have a sense of direction mm. you know so so for me it was I, I remember being quite <clears throat> inspired by one geography lesson and it was to do with planning and planning a route for a man to deliver those across these fields and who owned the fields and, and whatnot it was one mm. lesson in all my <laughs> all my years uh, and I thought I wanted to do planning instead I married a planner which turned out to be a much better uh, I think I'd have got mm. bored uh, if I'm honest mm. um, but but just knowing what's about and immersing yourself and not not worrying too much about the uh, you know the the different steps and because who you are at the start of your career is not who you'll be you know you know, later on, the things that influence you, the things that, that are important to you, but just have that sense of, of direction takes a whole lot of worry out of it, but it is hard. Yeah, it can be, it can be quite difficult to really know what you want to do, especially at quite an early part of your life. Um, I know a lot of planners now and uh, a lot of them did do geography and they had an interest in geography and they ended up in planning. Um, but I think with surveyors, I, I just didn't think there was a particular subject, a common subject that can lead you into this field without a bit of direction. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of viewers I've come across, they had, not all, but um, a lot had family ties in, in practices or they, their parents were surveyors or someone they knew. So they, they kind of understood what it is that a surveyor does and so they kind of were inspired. And it's funny because I'm now actually, I've been appointed by the RICS as a evaluation of professional group panel member um, as part of the new PGPs. And one of the things that we're talking about is inspire the next generation. And it was interesting because there's so many different kind of um, thoughts on the table. And yes, you can go into schools. You can try and inspire people. Um, at a young age and try and attract them to the industry because that's quite a key focus. But uh, one person raised something really important and they said, well, we need to find the parents because they may want to inspire the children because a lot of the time you'll hear, oh, when you grow up, make sure you become a lawyer or a doctor or, or an astronaut or something like that. And um, so there's never on that list. And um, and I thought that was really interesting. I, I didn't, I, I hadn't thought of it like that. But then I kind of brought it back home and I realised, well, 
those are the kind of things I would hear my parents say. Um, mm. I wouldn't thought I'd hear a severe on that list. And it, it, it's also ed- it's also about educating not just the young generation, but kind of parents, parents. Um, so it's so it's kind of embedded from an early stage, so it kind of grows later mm. down the line. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, from- a, it's a really interesting thing, though, Joshim. Um, I don't know if, if you've got kids or, or how old they are. I've got a 14-year-old. Um, and, you know, I've talked about going into his school and, you know, doing a bit of surveying talk. And he's just like, absolutely cringe. No <laughs> way. He, you know, he doesn't want to know about my podcast and the things that I could do. I, I'd say I was a pretty cool mum, but he's <laughs> clearly not, not impressed <laughs> at all. Um, it's, it's funny, isn't it? So with, with valuation, well, there's a couple of things. We talk about the next generation, inspiring the next generation of, of surveyors. Yes, we've got to do that, but I think we need to inspire the current generation of surveyors too. Yeah. There's, um, you know, there's quite a few surveyors I know who, you know, will do the, you know, the training, you know, residential survey, survey and valuation diplomas, qualifications, and they have a real fear of valuation. You know, and and from my claims experience, I often see people either uh, wear their valuer hat or they wear their, you know, building pathology defects, uh, building surveyor hat. Um, Mm. And knowing which one you more are, you know, you're you're more likely to get a claim (laughs) claim on the other if you're if you're outside your your comfort zone would be my my overall experience. Um, But I think, you know, there's a lot of surveyors out there already who can do valuation, but it's hard getting PR, particularly for practice private practice you know and all the you know post fell, all the the challenges that that we have there but i think there's more we can do to inspire the current generation on uh on valuation and and you're right in terms of you know trying to speak to kids about stuff it's the hardest thing ever and i'll put a link um in the show notes to um uh you know rics have got their inspire uh, school sort of campaign they've got some actually some great resources there's another one we uh, um webinar recorded recently with the charter surveyor training trust who have a my environment my future uh, campaign where they actually create materials for the schools uh, you know and it's all about sort of making it making it easy um and then when it comes to, to parents you know yeah I'm, I'm i'm i'd love to be able to talk about different things and maybe it's just because i'm a surveyor and i love surveying Maybe that's the the, pro- the problem, but um, yeah, we've got you got to tackle it in all different ways, haven't you? You do, you do. I think it's interesting what you say about kind of inspiring the current, um, the current generation of surveyors. Another thing that we were talking about the RICS group panel was that transparency is is key, and a lot of the time. You mentioned that some valuers may be a bit fearful about kind of progressing with valuations, insurance claims, all these type of things that can come up. And the thing that we were discussing was there needs to be consistency and transparency in the work that people do. It's all about justifying the, the work that you put forward, the values that you put forward or the advice that you give. And it's not just the end number. It's it's how you got to it, what surrounding advice you can give around it that will safeguard the position. Um, because if you if you can really try and justify your work, you've got some sound. You've got you've got your own judgment, but if you've got a sound base of what you're putting forward, then you're 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 on you're on safe ground somewhat. I think it's when 
it's when there's been work that's been going around that may not be fully justified that there could be you no know, potential issues coming coming their way and it's those things that's probably been scaring some people um but i don't think that should be the case if if we as a community of surveyors um ensure that we are doing our job to the best of our ability then we as a community can safeguard against any potential harm mm-hmm. i think there's um to do you know to do a job well you need to have the technical knowledge you need to be properly properly trained and i you know as i look at the the surveying community you know they might have done their apc understand about you know the five different methods of valuation back in 1975 or whatever um but uh has done very little since you know and we're in a world of technology now where you can go online and get a valuation from whatever websites you know it's all digital logical whereas we talk about valuation being an art not science and yeah. it's it's almost a, a valuation service isn't it rather than uh, but that creates uh, what we want is certainty what is it worth and what I can I what can I do with that but it's not just a number you yeah. know and so there's almost like a, a, a reframe we need to do because you're doing the job in context you know whether it's for a, a house purchase whether it's for a development appraisal what you know whatever it is um mm. but you know and even my and even myself so so this year i'm um you know trying to do a few more or trying to do some retrofit type training learn about that but i'd say i was a valuer more than anything you know what's it mm. worth does that affect value are the questions that i tend to ask and and for me it's part of my cpd planning that going forward you know oh, that's the kind of thing that that i'll be looking at can i ask you about the the, the pgp so for those that don't know that's the professional group panels that's part of the knowledge and practice committee that the ri set up and i think there's six or seven of them isn't there um and uh again we'll put a link in the show notes to the rics website page um but what made you want to to get involved in that and what was the process like so um there there are various panels and i think uh following the the lord bishard review um the rics um did that was one of the key places to involve different um professionals within the industry to to get together put their minds together to help better shape the industry as well as the RICS as an organization um the reason why i opted to uh, put my name forward and apply was because i because i work a lot with development and planning um i work with surveyors as well as planners and sometimes there's a bit of a i felt that there could be a bit of a distance between the surveying world and the planning world and the work i do kind of bridges that a little bit and those who are in the industry as well and i felt that because i work in the public sector i would like to positively um help influence and and shape um how valuations are undertaken for the purpose of planning viability um i think the any panel needs a broad spectrum of um industry people um both from the private and public sector and I wanted to represent the uh represent local authorities uh the best that I can um in the way that we approach development and viability in accordance with the NPPF and PPG and so forth so that was my that was the reason why I 
proceeded with it. And it, it's interesting because the the panel discusses a variety of things. Um, in our inception meeting, it was not just talking about, say, the latest DCF um, information paper that has come out, but so many other things, sustainability, AI, tech, um, how the RICS gets involved with government and politics and um, some of the initiatives that they are proposing and um, the voice that the RICS has in, in those matters. And I wanted to represent the local authorities in the, in those sort of discussions because local authorities don't tend to have um, huge numbers of valuers within, within um, uh, councils. And development viability, I think we're the only full team in London that does what we do. And I felt that it'd be useful to make sure that we're not just, rep I'm not just representing Tower Hamlets. I work with other boroughs. Um, so me and my team were appointed by other, uh, other local authorities in London. Um, and we work with them and we, we wanted to create a, um, a public sector position, um, and make sure that our voice is heard. And I felt this would be an excellent way in doing so. I think that's a good reminder for people, actually, that, you know, when you all come together as a panel, valuation affects so many things. Yeah. You know, you know, what's happening with with technology, AI, you know, we see that in the, you know, a lot of surveyors who listen to this on the residential, you know, house purchase side, we're looking at upfront property information. You know, right now there are mortgage providers out there who could pre-approve a property for mortgage as it goes on on the market you know uh, i was looking at a demo of a piece of software the other day where you know you could have a look at land that's available you know and uh, you know you had all these sort of grid and it can tell you what it's sold for and you know yes you've got right move and all of those things but it's just all so whoosh all all comes up but you're right you know it's conversations you have with government it's thinking about sustainability how does that affect value and i went to a uh, uh, the Harris debate uh, at RICS. There'll be a recording of it again. I'll put it in the show notes. There'll be loads of, loads of show notes uh, this time uh, where they were talking. It was the title was something like "Do we need to damage the economy to save the planet?" I think was the the title. Way over my head as a <laughs> as a surveyor. But what I uh, what I got from it was that those that want to invest. You know, they're looking at these these things, you know, not just about the return on investment, but they are looking at the social uh, and sustainable uh, impact. But the data and the measurements isn't there and we're not valuing in that way. And I know a lot of residential surveyors who, you know, still, you know, wonder over well, do the solar panels add value or not? You know, and it's, it's like at what point do we we get get to where we, we need to be? So, again, it's part of that. You can be technically trained, but you've got to do it in context, you know, and, and be alive to it. Tell me a bit more about your your work at, at Tower Hamlets. Can you know for people listening, they're you know they're all over the world doing different things. Can you explain sort of a bit more about Tower Hamlets, what it's like, what's made up of, and a bit about your work? Sure. Um, right. So I joined the council in I think 2017, and <clears throat> they they had a development viability service set up. Um, however, it was very difficult to recruit to. Um, so the fill, the, the, the posts were not, not, they were never really filled. Um, and the whole purpose of the, the team was to undertake development appraisals on behalf of the council 
um, that are submitted as part of planning applications. So a developer would submit their planning application and a development appraisal um, in line with um, the national guidance that would demonstrate why they cannot afford to provide the policy compliant level of affordable housing. In Tower Hamlets, it's 35% um, by habitable room. And the NPDF allows um, applicants to reduce their contribution. And, and NPPF, what's that, the National Planning Framework? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and, yes, yeah, so, uh, so basically um, that was the purpose um, of the team. Um, we would look at their appraisals, we would do our own review um, using uh, market evidence, again in line with the NPPF and uh, policies, um, and we'd offer our our opinion of value, uh, what the residual land value is, what the benchmark land value is, can the scheme actually afford um, more contributions, if not why, um, and we'd also um, speak with uh, quality, uh, quantity surveyors who would look at construction costs for development. So that's the purpose of it. Took a little while to recruit. And then after about a year or so, I became the manager of the team. And at that point, I thought, right, I really need to recruit. Otherwise, we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, at that point, we were only using private sector consultants um, at the time, which were fine. But the council did set up a team for this specific purpose. And I was lucky because um, I, I went out there and um, recruited, went through a variety of different um, kind of platforms to get the message out. I also I also looked to grow our own. So there were people who weren't surveyors, and I I kind of spoke to different people in transport planning in our planning department, told them about how great this is and why we do what we do. Since then, uh, we had two people come over from the planning department, one of whom qualified last year as a, as a surveyor because um, he was really interested in it. Um, so it's 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 really well. It's gone really well in that sense with recruitment. Since then, we've been doing all the work in Tower Hamlets. Um, I've got a full team of five of us. Um, just recently recruited um, a graduate from Nottingham Trent University, as well as somebody else from the private sector. And from there, because it was going well, we decided it would be great to offer the service to other local authorities. And right. this was something that wasn't on, that wasn't um, planned for. Now, the, the ambition wasn't to take over the market or anything like that at all. We're, we're a local authority, and we um, we have our own work to do within the own within our own council. But where we had kind of gaps where we could fill, supporting other boroughs, we thought we'd offer it out. And that's been going really well. Um, and now we work with a number of local authorities who are doing development appraisals for them in other parts of London. And um, it's, it's, it's been yielding good results. Um, we're able to provide a consistent approach. We're able to um, offer our advice the same way we'd advise Tower Hamlets, we'd advise any other borough that we work with. And that's where we got to today. Um, but it was quite a long journey. It's not easy for a local authority to get to this position. There was a lot of kind of um, there was a lot of governance to it, getting mm, set up. Can imagine. And, yeah, and it, you know, 
I was lucky because our directors and our senior people that, uh, that are in the council were very supportive. They they made they opened doors for us, um, and I think that really really helped. And um, we are where we are today because of a variety of different people in the background who made it happen. Um, I don't think it's the work of one or two valuers that did the whole thing. I mean, you know, everyone got together, and um, it's it's created this this great ensemble which I which I really enjoy working. That's really interesting. So so I started my career working for a developer. So do the development appraisals or marketing appraisals. So, you know, how many houses you could load on, how many affordable houses can we get away with or not, you know, you know, back in the day. Um and so yeah, you know, you've got your your frameworks and you know Every local authority is different. You know, there are it, there are lots of if if only things would be uh, uniform everywhere, but it but it never is. Mm. Um, uh, but we were sort of put that but together. So it's interesting that that your role there is to almost sort of sense check that of well, can you get more housing on there? Have you really tried? You know, mm. um, are you doing the the right thing? And um, it's actually reassuring. To know that uh, to know some of that yeah i mean well that is the purpose and i think um by policy uh, local authorities should get them tested whether it's internal or through a private consultancy um but the other good thing about working in the council is it's not just doing report after report um i get involved with setting our community infrastructure levy um rates um it's all underpinned by loan appraisals that money comes in for infrastructure it's not all about housing and densifying areas um a lot of london doesn't have a lot of land left um and i think that's that's some of the issues that we need to create communities and better places so that's something that i get involved with um the stuff of silling kind where instead of the money you provide infrastructure like parks or hospitals and education facilities is this where people talk about section 106 yeah so the affordable housing or non-financial contributions would be primarily within section 106 still is mainly and only for infrastructure that can be used in 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 a particular borough and they'll have rates that are set so if you do a development it's non-negotiable you'd need to pay x amount per square meter um for the development that you're doing that would contribute towards infrastructure in the borough. Um, but there's many other things which I really like. Um, working on like small sites contributions, we have a new local plan on its way. Um, the whole thing is, you know, one of the one of the key elements is is the plan sound? Can you actually deliver X thousands, tens of thousands of homes in the plan period? And that just kicked off recently. So. Um, and we're working with a private consultant on that as well, um, who are advising us um, on on how to kind of go about doing that the best we can. So that's one thing I do like, where it's not just report after report. And the other thing, the final thing anyway, is um, a member of my team is really interested and very, um, very active in, in, in the social engagement side of things. So she she really likes to not just do valuations for the sake of viability. But she wants to put a face to the work we do, speak to local residents, local people and community groups and bring the two together. Because otherwise, sometimes valuers can be sitting behind their computer, typing away, calculating away, and the report just goes out. 
And, and that's it, isn't it? This comes mm. back to that, you know, is it technology? Is it, you know, valuation isn't math? That's QS, totting up, mm. totting up the numbers. <clears throat> and I've always, th- excuse me, <clears throat> and I've always thought of it as um, it's very much about uh, customer, the consumer, and a lot of the things that I've learned in my career over the customer experience is, you know, uh, uh, you're understanding customer psychology, you mm. know, of, uh, and it's the people behind it. And I suppose it comes back to that valuation being a, uh, being a, a service so it's really encouraging to uh to hear tell me yeah. a bit more about um about tower hamlets itself is it big large as a yeah like... it's, it's an inner london borough um just on the city fringe um and it it connects with other boroughs such as newham uh hackney um the lldc which um may no longer exist at some point um but it is a busy borough. It's very multicultural. It has high values, um, in, especially in certain pockets, such as um, the City Fringe or the Isle of Dogs or where Canary Wharf is. Um, but it's it's a mixed bag. It's got a lot of um, new development coming up and has come up. It has a lot of estate regeneration schemes. Um, there's been controversial appeals and committees. There's there have been small sites that have come forward. Um, the overall issue with Tower Hamlets is that it has a huge need for affordable housing. Housing, yes, but affordable housing need is significantly high. The the waiting list is in the tens of thousands for families to get into homes, and that's what brings about the value of the work that we do. For every for every home that we secure, or we're able to negotiate and discuss the higher contribution level, that's families going into safe housing, safe homes, people who are potentially in dangerous accommodation, people who are in accommodation that has mould in it, is causing asthma and all these other issues. And I know that our mayor is very, very um, he, he is very keen to make sure that we have a lot of housing coming forward wherever possible. And that's what we look to deliver um, where we can, the best we can. It's It can be tricky sometimes, but you know you have to deal with what you have in front of you. Um, but it's, like I said, housing is one thing, but you also need to make sure you're creating good communities. And this is where the work of, of a valuer in Tower Hamlets is more rounded than just report, report, report. And I think if ever there was a great advert for valuers who want to get the treadmill of just churning out reports is to explore that kind of work, you know, yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah. And and as you you're, you're speaking there, I was, I was just reflecting, um, uh, a surveyor I know deals with super prime high value stuff. Mm-hmm. And he talked, he always talks about how value, you know, value is knowledge, it's power, it creates certainty, you can do things with it. Yes, you've got to get it right. And it makes a difference. But doesn't it just at the other end as well, you know, um, of, of the impact and the difference that it can that it can really make? Um, you talked about at the start about social value, mm-hmm. um, you know, in your uh, the time that you've had at, at Tower Hamlets or not, what have you been most proud of in your career? Well, I I feel that so look, my my background was I actually I, I grew up in Tower Hamlets and um, then I moved to Newham, then I moved to Essex, and um, 
when I qualified or during the time when I was doing my APZ, one of the things that I wanted to do was use the education knowledge that I was gifted with or had benefited from and bring it back right to the point where I grew up. And I and I know what it's like for people who can't get larger homes, family homes or, or homes that they can feel comfortable in permanently or they don't need to always move around, which is why I felt, look, let's use that, bring it back and bring about some sort of social change and value. So it was all about kind of making sure that the residents were represented well. And I felt at that point that I had gone through the relative um, education system to be able to now start to do that and grow my career. And that's kind of what I'm really proud of, that I I used that not just to not just to go corporate and try and, you know, reach partner and, and the rest of it. The whole purpose was to bring it back. And because I'm from that sort of um, uh, the, the, the group of people who, who needed housing at a certain point, who needed more infrastructure or schools and the rest of it, um, I'm not saying it was wholly poverty struck or anything, but it, it would have been better if there was a bit more availability. Um, and I think that's what... Um, I am proud of and I think that's what the council overall look to do is provide an excellent service for local residents I think that's every council um, and I think that that is that, that it, it, it has that social value that that we as professionals should have it's almost it's almost like uh, me saying right this is what my heart is telling me to do um, and I and I'm quite proud of that actually and I have, I have a son, and I and I'd like for him to kind of take that on board as he grows up, and not kind of always think, right? When I grow up, I want to be a high flying this or that, and just get rich. It's not always about that, and I think that's it's that balance that, that, that we want to want to take. It is, and again, you're making me really reflect here because so I I grew up in a on a council estate in North Wales. Um, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. Um. And that got me really interested in property, I suppose. I didn't have the role models, but I was aware of the, the, the built environment. My mum bought her council house under the right to buy scheme, which is the worst decision ever because she was told she didn't need a survey because it was a terrace and it had sulfate attack and it was just a, a, a nightmare. Um, and, you know, and, and part of me was, you know, are there ways that I can give back to the community? And part of me just wanted to run away. I did not want to, you know, it's just that, you know, education is, is again, knowledge and power, but it can move you, get you out of, of places as well. Um, and, uh, but also there was an opportunity. So for, you know, this was 20, 25 years ago now, you know, there wasn't a job nearby. There weren't motorways to get to most of Wales. <laughs> by then, uh, you know, but there wasn't the opportunity for me to find work. And I moved away because of work, because there wasn't, wasn't anywhere and I lived in London for a time did the house thing um, I'm now living what I call middle earth in the middle of the country <laughs> from you know, I can reach everywhere um, but you've got a which is why that social value piece and the community is is so important to to everything we do because you can educate people but how do you retain them you know and and, and keep them in and and you've got to want to be there rather than that sort of escapism and it's it's a balance of you know not just a development of houses. It's about the schools, about the education, the people that come together. Then you can I could 
as you're talking, I can see how that community, you know, through the work that you do, actually has such a far wide reaching, reaching impact mm. um, than than ever. Than I, I fully appreciated. I think it's quite inspiring yeah. stuff, Joshim. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> That's all right. Um, when I do these podcasts, I normally come to the end and think, "Oh, I'm going to retrain as a." <laughs> so I'm going to have a new job now this time <laughs> in my Marion's magical world of uh, careers uh, uh, out there. Um, but no, I think that I think that's really good, and I and and it's great to see how you've, you know, you've seen the opportunity, you've been able to recruit and find the right the right people, and and for a local authority then to create a, a service that other local authorities can use again that just makes sense there's no point reinventing the wheel when you're all in the uh, in the same boat tell me about uh, recruitment um so was this your sort of first time as a as a line manager because that's that's some responsibility too but what was the recruitment process for surveyors like so the team was initially set up in 2015 and it had one person in the team for a couple of years and then i came along in 2017 after that, the person who was there before had left, so I was alone. And it came to about 20, I'd say 2018, 2019, where I, I basically thought, right, I need to get moving with the recruitment of this um, a lot better. Because before that, I did go out once and I didn't really get a lot of interest. And come 2018, I recruited an internal member of staff from our transport planning. Um, who was the person um, that I mentioned qualified afterwards mm. as well as uh, as a valuer. And it started to gain a bit of momentum. Um, I went out to recruit on RICS Recruit, RTPI, every other kind of portal you can go to. And <clears throat> I was receiving applications. I, I always received more graduate applications than kind of senior valuers. Um, and... I think I sifted through quite a few graduates and I sifted through a few of the more senior ones. And I've always said this, when it comes to recruitment, if you want to work in the local authority, you need to have a certain certain kind of a personality about you in order to do that. It's not a corporate environment where you know you're 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 going into a full room of suits. Um you need to have a passion for what you're doing. It's not a place where you're going to be really looking for the next bonus or anything like that. And I've always stuck to that. And that has that has been by my side a lot. So I recruited a principal valuer who is still with us. Absolutely fantastic. And together we've, we, we've driven it forward. And I recruited a, a graduate a second time round after the first one, um, the first graduate that I recruited found an alternative um, place of employment. And that was from Nottingham and Trent University, and I did get quite a lot of interest this time round, only because the momentum was growing. Mm. I think the, the word was going out there, and people were starting to realise, actually, this could be pretty good. I say that, his parents are planners, so it's probably... <laughs> But then afterwards, I recruited another senior surveyor who is from the private sector. And um, she, again, has a, a huge kind of uh, interest in, in the social value side of things. So I think the reason why I found it difficult to recruit was, A, back then it wasn't as established, and B, as a local authority. So I didn't think that it was kind of 
established as well. And I think now things have changed a bit because I think people have started to realize and notice what we do, why we do it, and, and the fact that we, we do it well. And, and I think that's what has, has, has really driven this a bit more. But it wasn't as easy because it has been a long process. Mm. If you think about it, it started in 2015, gained momentum in 2018, 2019. And since then, that's been growing. But, you know, usually you go out to recruit within a few months, you're, you're done and someone's in and, and you're moving along. Well you, well, you say that, but I think surveying is really hard mm. to, to recruit. Um, I get asked regularly, Marion, can you help me find somebody, you know, uh, for a job, for a whatever, or, um, you know, occasionally I've put a post on LinkedIn about something or other, you know, uh, the firm's closed down or something mm. like that. And, and it's interesting because what you then get is people posting saying, I'm looking for a surveyor. This is a salary. These are the postcodes, you know, zero hours or da da. And you just think it is so, it sort of just de- uh, dehumanizes the whole thing. These are, you know, experience and jewels, and it's all about the bottom line. Now, you know, anybody who's financially struggling, you know, you're going to, yes, you're going to look at those, those jobs. But at this point, I would also say there's Lionheart out there who's to support surveyors if you're, anyone's having any, uh, you know, challenges. Um, you know, but it, it it's just all about the money, the hours, the jobs, you know, the number of instructions and things you might might be doing. And it's it's awful to see. It makes me, you know, it's great to have that support, but we've been, you know, to say, hey, we've got some jobs going here. But then they get very particular. You know, we want somebody with so much experience. Um, you know, they've got to be at a certain level or uh, and then the surveyors, you know, you talked about your team. They've all got different backgrounds. They all bring brilliant and different dynamics to the shape of the team. Mm. And I suppose with a, a graduate, um, what you want is somebody newly qualified. So you're not paying for their training, you know, which is the the, the other thing, um, you know, uh, sort of uh, bring them in. But then if you're then looking at other jobs, uh, sorry, other surveyors. So, you know, here's me, you know, Marion's recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> looking for my job again <laughs> you know it's like this sounds great but for me to move over I would then need to retrain do some refreshing you know sort of do different stuff and as it comes back to that uh you know the the generation of surveyors that uh, value is not just the next generation uh, mm. we've all got some good stuff we might just be a bit rusty and sometimes that just needs to be made clear or you know for each of us to remember that well we can do this I used to do it it was a different circumstance and you know um, as as surveyors we we move into different sectors you know um, I think it's quite hard actually to uh, to define the different types you know you've got these six or seven PGPs you know and you know for example my area residential that come under residential property and under valuation you know, mm. and, and, and both, they're sort of quite quite linked. And at some point, you've got to have that, that hierarchy at, at the top. And I know in Surveyor Hub, we've got quite a few commercial valuers and surveyors who do the odd flat above a shop, mm-hmm. say, but they wouldn't call themselves residential, you know, because they don't do enough yeah. of it or it's a different different pathway. Um, so when you see a job advertised that just says surveyor or valuer, You've got it behind, but then as a recruiter, you've also got to be more open. So, okay, well, what can they bring and what support can I give mm. to, to find that match? Yeah, it's always a waste street, I think, when you're recruiting. Um, 
what people are looking for and what you are looking for, those things do need to match. And I've I found more I've found better um I've had better luck with the younger generation who majority of the people in my team are, are in the in the younger side um are on the younger side and um they come with different from different backgrounds of of their experiences but i've always thought look if you have an interest we don't mind spending the time to teach you the things that we do and you have other valuable skills you can bring forward to the team and that has worked and it's worked really well i think when you make it very very cryptic you want mm. xyz you're gonna what you do is you kind of um you you remove yourself or you you get your you, you limit your chances of getting someone good it's uh, a it's a uh prescriptive isn't it rather than cryptic so you know very prescriptive this yeah. is what i want <clears throat> whereas on the other hand it's so vague will anybody yeah. be able to know what you know what they how they how they fit in yeah. um and that's got to change really if we don't want survey leave the sector Mm. You know, I think that's got to uh, got to change in some way so that we we can all add value, hang about being players. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> can I ask you about the uh, RICS awards? Yes. Had you entered before? Was that your first time? First time um, I entered. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't actually. Um, I was really grateful for uh, for the nomination um, uh, from my team and manager and. Uh, I thought it was a it was a very splendid surprise. Uh, um, hadn't hadn't uh, really expected it, so it was it was definitely something that blew me away a little bit. Um, the nomination in itself, and I think when I turned up on the day, some of the names I saw they were pretty big names, and they were you know pretty well skilled at what they do. So I kind of just went along thinking, okay, well, we'll see. Um, we'll see if, if it does. If not, at the very least, I'll find this. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, but then when Nicole read out my name, um, I, I was a bit stunned. Um, you know, in these situations, people always ask, oh, how did you react? There's not, there's not so much you can kind of say. You can kind of, you're kind of just stunned and you just walk up to the stage just nervously and shake the hands and take the pictures and quickly get off before you get too embarrassed um but no it was it was it was really good and i like the fact that um the work that we're doing is recognized um by our governing body um and the industry and it's not something just just a local authority is doing on the side it's 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 work that makes a huge impact and change um and i and it was it was it was good to get that recognition i know the team and service our whole council was really 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 proud which is really nice family was proud and it was it was good it was one of the things that a lot of values probably kind of um you know really want one day i i always wanted it at one point when i when i first qualified i thought right i i want that because i i had um another another senior member of staff who won it a long time ago when I was at the VO and I thought oh, I'd like that trophy on my bloody desk and um, I, I just kind of lost momentum with it over over mm -hmm. the years because the local authority is not a is not a RICS kind of firm like some of you know a full-blown full -blown surveying firm so you kind of lose touch and that's what I think the award made me feel like no we shouldn't be detached from the 
from the governing body. We shouldn't be detached from the RICS. We should all be a part of this. And I think from there, it kind of stemmed right a need to get in with the RICS a lot more actively, raise the voices of the local authorities, the public sector residents and the rest of it. Um, and I think that's that's gone really well. Um, but I, 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 yeah, it was it was it was um, a, a really nice, a really nice uh, occasion and um, I really enjoyed it. The night was wonderful. So I came across a lot of old people that I met um, that I used to work with before, and um, it was it was really good reuniting with like my old um, university lecturer Kate Taylor, who actually um, who I knew from the VOA as well, um, and many others. So it was it was good. And I I came across um, uh, the manager of, of my friend is a valuer, and he um, his boss was on my table. Um, I weirdly. I only found out towards the end of the night. So, it's, you know, it's a, it's a small world sometimes. There, there never seems to be enough time, no. I think, with some of the, these awards, you know, to, to network, get to know people. It's almost like you need to have, you know, a formal bit and then you can go and chat and then come back again. You know, otherwise, when you first get there, it's like you're not quite sure who to talk to and you know, don't recognise everyone because they're all slammed all up. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, can I just imagine you there with your, you know, Oscar-winning face ready for the, for the for the camera um but it but it is nice and what a great um you know great opportunity you know to showcase what you do at a local authority which will then help with not just your recruitment but with other you know uh, recruitment in that in that sector um and something that you mentioned um, earlier on was you know you were the only one the only valuer yeah. and that you know that is the case for a lot of surveyors and valuers you know they're yeah. the only one in their firm or only one in their department and you know the likes of like the RICS so the pressure is this sort of drawstring that sort of pulls us together in that we're not alone no. um, you know we we can often feel quite isolated in our in our work and you know but we've got to find ways to to connect feel part of it but then also in in return you know places that you can go if you've got queries or, or, or health support and and I think that's where going forward with Bichard and everything else that, that's come out of it there'll be much more more engagement um, so Joshua it's been really lovely to talk to you I've learned a lot thank you ever so much thank you thank you Marion for having me yeah it's been really good thanks for listening if you're new to the podcast, do check out some of our past recordings. And when you're ready, you can leave us a review on Google or Apple iTunes, or you can buy me a coffee. All the links are in the show notes. I'll see you next time.